Hey guys, Numbers for Liberty coming at you today with a bonus episode. I am joined by, believe it or not, Akami, my friend Robert Nicholas. How you doing, friend? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. So today I just wanted to do a fun bonus episode, uh, interview some more friends, talk to somebody that isn't themselves quite a libertarian, and uh, just kind of see where the conversation takes us. So I guess where we should start is, why don't you talk about your political beliefs and exactly your journey to how you formulated to believe the things you believe today? Uh, well, the uh, the brief summary, I suppose, is uh, as of late, the last couple of years, I've been, uh, whether self-labeling or not, an uh, anarcho-communist. And uh, for the longest time, I was very like socialist, like pro-state socialism almost, because uh, I had this this weird delusion that uh, the people in the government are like just like a step above in intelligence of like the rest of the common people and that the common people shouldn't be trusted. Uh, but upon further reflection, talking to other people, reading, looking at philosophy, all that kind of stuff, um, I've kind of reached the point where uh, I realized like the federal government is essentially the common denominator on why everything is terrible. Um, yes. And how just in general, if you leave it in the hands of someone who has not experienced what you've experienced or isn't like in your area or doesn't understand what it's like to be there or whatever the case is, they are never going to do a good job having someone else do what for you you could do for yourself. It is very difficult for people to be perfectly selfless. Exactly. And it's just yeah. – at the end of the day, like if I'm if I'm some construction worker, some road worker or whatever, and I'm, I'm fixing some random road across the country, I don't really care about the quality of the road because I'm never going to be driving on it. But like if mm -hmm. I'm the guy that's driving on this road every single day, then obviously I care about making that pothole a little more smoothed over. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I guess where would, should we start? I guess um, yesterday on my podcast, when I was talking to my friend Vinny. I think he kind of pointed out a bit of a difference possibly between our two communities uh, and that, yes, so obviously the common denominator is we both really dislike the government and we think that it's the problem and is the way the system is organized. And I think that <clears throat> we could both get to a place where our philosophies could coexist simultaneously as long as they were done in a consensual manner. Now, dispute this claim if you like or just if you agree with it, you agree with it, whatever. Um, there's a difference between a freedom of choice and the freedom from want. And I think your camp is a little bit more concerned in, in general speak with the freedom from want versus my camp is more concerned with the freedom of just freedom of choice. You can have a group of people go for that freedom from want in a somewhat socialist, communist or whatever type system that uh, maybe gives up certain individual rights in, in exchange for something in a direct consensual manner. I think that can exist uh, within, within a system of decentralization. I don't know, or I'm not necessarily convinced that a system, a group of people like myself that would want to practice some form of free market capitalism could do so in an anacro-communist type uh, state, I guess, if that would make sense, even though it wouldn't really be a state. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. And honestly, I I see your thought process, but I, I could almost argue for the opposite, where if everything was more of an anarcho-communist type of society, then uh, it's more of a, oh, you need help, let me help you, you've contributed to society, then here you go. Whereas like for you, you could make like a smaller, like a libertarian style or like an anarcho-capitalist style on a small scale by literally just making 
a currency as simple as little fucking wooden squares or whatever you want, right? Like, because at the end of the day, currency, unless it's backed up by something like the gold standard or whatever, it doesn't have any worth except what you give it worth, which is one of my biggest issues with anarcho-capitalism as a whole is how do you dictate what one thing is worth, like one one type of uh, currency or whatever is worth here than over there? Because well, well, so that's not necessarily a facet of capitalism to say you have to have a currency. In fact, if you le- if you read through like F- Frederick Hayek or excuse me, not Frederick F. A. Hayek or any of you know Austrian economists. Capitalism in its truest form has nothing to do with any type of standard currency. It's just the consensual exchange of goods between two individuals. So I'll trade it's in, in, at its most basic form. It's just consensual bartering. I give up something of lesser value for something that I think is more value. And in turn, the other person is giving up something that they value less for something they value more. So it's not necessarily you need a standard currency. Now, certainly it helps if you're trying to have a big country and a culture and everything else. But there's nothing uncapitalist, so to speak, about having um, no planned currency or, or rubles or fiat currency or gold or anything else like that. Um, so it's like I, I guess I could see where you're, what you're what you're saying that value, but value is completely subjective. But that's exactly the point: is value is subjective to the individual. Um, and if say like these credits or currency that you're trading for isn't really worth what they're you know what they want i use star wars right fucking Watto doesn't want republic credits in exchange for his slaves because republic credits are useless on tatooine so he's like nah i want something else you know it, it's that it's exact that exact thing versus republic credits on coruscant can go a long way just for an example uh yeah i mean i see what you mean at that point like if we're talking about a capitalist like an anarcho-capitalist society that is devoid of all currency it's really not very much different at all from an anarcho-communist society. At that point, an anarcho-communist society is more about just helping each other on goodwill rather than a direct, like, one-to-one trade. It's more of a, I will help you now because I know I will need your help later kind of deal. At that point, they're extremely similar. Yeah, and I agree. There are similarities, and that's what I actually want to talk about is the similarities and the differences where I think there might be difference is I think when you look at what is the cornerstone of an acro capitalism, it is individual rights. We look at things as an individual and not a collective. And I, and my justification, the reason why I believe that's the better system uh, for my preference is that when you look at a society and you look at them as individuals, you are respecting everyone's rights to the lowest possible level, unless we're talking someone has bipolar and they're two individuals, but like not even at that point, right? You have, when you look at the collective, you can tend to make a uh, a mistake out of goodwill and say something like, if it's good for the majority, it's good for all. And we see this mistake consistently with collectivism, whether it be American democracy or state attempts at communism, if that's what you want to call them, like the USSR or anywhere else. It's that by aiming to make something better for you know, what they perceive as the collective, which is impossible for any one individual or group of individuals to make, they often wind up leaving out this big chunk of the the people or the minority and particularly with like democracy that's very problematic and it creates a lot of the animosity like we have in modern america yeah no i mean i see what you mean um but like for example i'm i'm as i talked a little bit of uh, a little bit about this before the podcast cast i'm reading this book called the conquest for bread uh, by peter kropotkin uh who is kind of the leading um 
philosopher, if you want to call it that, on anarcho-communism, uh, about the same time as Marx-ish. Um, but so one, one of the, the big things that he brings up relatively early on in the book is that in an anarcho-communist society, uh, you almost think about it like um, how like a lot of places have like free libraries and shit like that, right? Where you just you walk in, you borrow the books that you need, you read the books you want, and then you you only take what you need or what you want, and then you on goodwill you bring it back or whatever, right? right. So he brings up about how at least the time period in uh, uh, I think St. Petersburg uh, there was like this big laboratory type of deal that had like these open like labs where you could just go in and you could just play around and try to figure some stuff out or whatever, you know, pursue some invention or new thing or whatever. Um, and, and just the fact that you were trying to discover something new is, is all they needed to trust you to let you in. Right. And so what Kropotkin talks about is in situations like this, if we had like a society wide type of deal where everything was like this, then inherently those that have good ideas would want to find other intellectuals or other inventors or whatever to help flock together to make something. And so where you're kind of thinking of communism and like and, and democracy as is not one and the same, but like hand in hand. It's not so much that a communist society makes decisions for the majority. It's more of naturally people are going to want to flock to like what they actually want to do, what they want to actually progress in the society. You know what I mean? It's, it's a collectivist mindset as in like finding other same-minded people to to help further a goal that helps everyone rather than everyone voting or everyone deciding and then having a 51 percent majority this is the way we're going to do this this is right. not the way we're going to do this you know what i mean 100 percent. yeah so i think we definitely we're on the same page both of us see democracy as kind of it's garbage this, it, it, I, it's I, a great I, it's a great idea but it's 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 like it's like state socialism on paper it's a great idea if you have an uncorruptible government and fucking dictator but that's just not going to happen ultimate right. power ultimately corrupts as they say yeah, no, I, I agree. No, I, and I think we're on the same page there. And it's like democracy obviously is better than like a monarchy, for instance. Oh, for sure. But I mean, but, that's not but, saying much, honestly. No, no, of course not. But that's what I always I, – when I'm always getting into arguments with people on Twitter, I always just make the most simple claim, which is democracy is inherently oppressive to the minority. And people are like, no, it's not. Minorities flourish under democracy. Uh, what are you talking about? And all I need to say back, because I don't think it's that groundbreaking of a thing, is just in quotes, majority rules. Yeah. That it's it's not a, a, some some weird concept. You are just choosing that if it is morally okay that if a little a few more people say that it that this is the way we want it to be, then that's better. And there's so many instances where you can say that there's nothing inherently morally valuable about a majority. If two out of three wolves decide they want to eat a sheep for dinner, there's nothing moral about that. If nine out of ten gangbangers decide they want to rape the tenth person that they're with, there's nothing moral about that. And yeah. there's, no, there's no foundation or basis for why three – You know, I don't know what, what's half of uh, 320. Uh, 160. 169 million people telling the other – you know, 150 or me, 168.999 or whatever mass fucked up. But the point I'm getting at that small adage of people over telling the other people how to live. It's just, especially when you look at a country as diverse as the United States, you, you begin to see how, how flawed and fucked up it is. And it maybe it would, it was a better system when the colonies were very similar. In the of course early, they were, cult days. they were culturally similar though. Those that had the right to vote or had any influence were all just, white it was also europeans they were all like protestants land. like it was, they were yeah. all the same they were the same like cultural group and they all had the same mindset for the most part in that point yes. they were just arguing semantics whereas now we're this like toss salad slash melting pot depending on how you want to look at it 
where inherently, as you were saying, the minority gets oppressed, whether it's as simple as their voices just don't matter or they actively get oppressed. Because when you have a minority, like just because they have the right to vote and they have the right to say how they want something to be, like their vote doesn't matter because they're the minority and they will never have a majority to make any real change. It doesn't matter if 10% of America wants it all to be like this because it's they're being heard, but nothing will ever be done about it because 65% want it this way. You know what I mean? Just like you yes. were saying, like, it's just inherently, it's just, yeah, you, you said it better than I did. So. so, so another, so I guess, yeah, no. And I know like we talked a few times and we are definitely on the same page when it comes to the issues, which is what makes it interesting of like, how do we fall on just this slightly different nomenclature? Um, of, of calling things what they are. And the reason I, I, I'm a firm individualist, another reason is not even just the fact that I think individualism kind of has built historically a better, stronger society than collectivism and you're respecting the smallest minority's choice. Um, really, that's exactly what it comes down to is just choice. If, if an idea is good, I think that it should win on a free market of ideas, which is why I'm not necessarily for finding a new state. I think that Essentially, our, our best way forward is to decentralize to the maximum level, whether that be state level, city level, whatever, individual level, and then let individuals and groups of people decide in a consensual and a direct manner which type of governance or which type of economic system that they would prefer to live under. Because I don't necessarily think that either my values or your values are either better than uh, the other. I think that you would probably – you would like to better live in an acro-communist society. I would more like to live in an acro-capitalist society. And there's nothing really wrong with both of these things existing at the same time. So long as there's a very basic understanding between the groups of societies, like one, you shouldn't uh, use force or violence against people, the non-aggression principle. Agreed. As long as, long as that is, uh, that's the basis for that, right? And then from there, it could be kind of debated semantically like, all right, now what are the justifications for using aggression? Now for me, it's obviously it's life, liberty, and property. If you are going to uh, transgress against another individual's life, then violence can and should be used against you in defense of that individual's life. If you're going to steal somebody's property and you're like you're, you're in a very clear like violation of that, I'm not necessarily saying like violence needs to be used against you, but you're giving up some of your rights. Maybe we put you in, in jail for a week. Maybe we fine you, whatever else it is. You just banish them from society, whatever the case is, whatever the fitting punishment for the crime is. But yeah, yeah sure. exactly. But the point is, is that the only transgressions come down to a violation of another individual's uh, rights, um, which I think you and I definitely agree on that. For sure. Legalize, legalize the drugs, uh, everything else, um, which – I don't know. Like I said, it's interesting to see that, like how we just fall on slightly different nomenclatures and how we might just have sensitivities towards different things being wrong in a society. Like I think for me, obviously, I don't think there's anything worse in, in society than government oppression. I think government literally murders people and gets away with it. And I think that that's the worst possible thing versus, and I'm not, I don't, not to put words in your mouth, but maybe you might feel that, um, some corporate monopoly uh, taking advantage of people's labor and making them work in shitty conditions might, you might be more um, sensitive or outraged by that than I might be. Right. Um, but not to say that both can't be values can't be held at the same time and both are bad. So the way I look at it, a good analogy that I literally just thought of as you were describing this 
is it's almost like a, you have like a big family dynamic, right? Where like the government is mom and dad or, mo- or mom and mom, dad and dad, what the fuck ever. Um, where if they mistreat the children, what are the children going to do? Nothing. They can't do anything because the government doesn't answer to anyone but the government. Like we have like these these semblances of checks and balances, but all they do is just overly complicate things and cause things to be lost in the bureaucracy, right? So and there's just so many loopholes. Exactly, yeah. and so almost like a, like corporate um, greed and like crony capitalism exploiting and blah 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 blah. That's almost like like the eldest sibling bribing or convincing the parents that they never do anything wrong or to look the other way or whatever the case is while they both just mm-hmm. abuse the younger children, right? That's almost like the way, the way you look at it. For me, it's like right. crony capitalism and government oppression are almost one and the same. They're, 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 they, go, they go almost hand in hand, and they're both mm-hmm. complicit with each other, essentially. Uh, like the government yeah. just letting crony capitalism do what it does is not okay. But then the government oppressing no. people is equally not okay. Oppression inherently is just not okay in any at any right. level, regardless if it's in a family dynamic or it's the fucking tyrannical government putting hits on people with militarized police. That's fair. No, I guess I can agree with what you're saying. I just I think that I definitely have a more of a sensitivity towards the state. Like you said, there is no recompense towards it, right? If a if a corporation does something that I don't like, at the end of the day. I, I can at least control myself and my voice, and I can say, don't spend your money with these fuck faces. Go somewhere else, or I can maybe create another service, True. which we really which we really can't do. So I guess – With patents and me, shit like that, yeah. Right, and that's a whole other economic conversation. <laughs> yeah. But what – I guess, yeah, so I guess I just – I have more of a disdain for government corruption slightly. But I, I, again, I'm with you on the same page. They're both bad and they're both immoral. Um, they're both perversions of what are a peaceful and a non-coercive society, which for the longest time was my issue with what I – my perception of communism uh, because you know I was looking at the, the historical of examples of attempted communism, which is not necessarily the philosophy itself. Um, but you know, in every attempt to make a some type of communist state, it has either been corrupted by some asshole that didn't – that was just looking out for themselves, or even it was a, a collection of good intentioned people that wound up cent- by in, in aims to make a classless and stateless society. They centralized all the power in a very small group, and in turn, that power got corrupted. Um, so, and I and we've had this conversation before. No matter what uh, theory you believe in, I don't think we can get to any of them uh, sustainably. With an overnight, snap. oh for sure, it ha- it has to be a an organic changing of society. And something I talk about a lot um, on the podcast and just in general is this thing that's been kind of fascinating me lately is the shopping cart. Theory. Oh, for no, I'm, you don't um, even need to say anymore. I completely fucking agree. That's yeah. that's the like it's it's the best way to explain to people mm-hmm. in a way that literally anyone who's ever been to a grocery store can understand mm-hmm. that like that is the ultimate flaw. With anyone, yes. like if, if if everyone put the shopping cart away, then we could live in a totalitarian state socialist society, and everything would be great. But mm-hmm. people don't. Therefore, well, like it, it's it's always going to be corrupted, no matter what you do. 
Well, I think you're looking at that in an interesting lens. That's usually not the lens I look at it through, but I, I see where you're coming from with that. For me, what the shopping cart theory dictates is in order for a society to be made up of ungovernable individuals and for some form of a stateless society to exist, or in, in more plain terms, for us to be able to live peacefully without having to use the force again, uh, without having to use force against people, or at least at a very minimal level, uh, you would need people to be put their own shopping carts yep. away. Um, but as it is now, right, it's like it's like 50-50. Some people put their shopping carts away. In fact, some people go out of their way to get other people's shopping carts. But there's a lot of people that say and, – and I, I look at the analogy where it's like the government is Walmart or whatever, yeah. right? And they, and they are – there's going to pay somebody to put your shopping cart away for you. They're going to make sure that it gets taken care of so you don't have to. And my buddy Vinny was talking yesterday on the podcast. Like a lot of – he said a lot of people just want to be babysat, 100%. which is kind of – which is kind of a simple way of putting that the the modern, I guess, side effect of all this technology and all this relative peace that we've had uh, in our country over the past century or so, I wouldn't like half century post World yeah. War II, we've seen a generation essentially one get soft and two lose all sense of not all sense, but a lot of their sense of personal individual responsibility, oh, sure. which used to be a really strong value because the whole country was poor. Like pre-World War One, everybody was in the same boat minus a few people, right? In, in the essence of like the Gilded Age, which a lot of people point to as like, it's interesting, there's two different ways to look at it. It was one of the greatest periods of economic growth. It was the greatest period of economic growth in the country, but there was also you know, the shitty, shitty labor conditions and things like that. Argument I make with that is always that those conditions were on their way out. I don't necessarily believe the, the official narrative that government had to step in and break it up. That being said, not opposed to safety regulations, um, but that's, that's, an off, that's an off-tangent sure. topic. Um, no, I, I think that, like I said, we need – we need people to put their own shopping carts away if we want any philosophy to work because everyone has to be bought in. Everyone has to have an idea that you have to be a moral society to be a peaceful society. Uh, and unless we do something about that to where people are all – they're in this together. We're going we're gonna to help each other out, um, and we're also just going to generally respect each other. Nothing is really going to work anyway because you're going to have conflicts that like – should never even come up at that point because at that point your society is full of a bunch of children. Um, so I think we're on the same page there. When I say taxation is theft, what does that mean to you? My, my thing with taxation is the way taxation is, has been implemented um, pretty much, I mean, every major society since taxation was a thing, it essentially is theft. It's just, it's a higher power, whether that be, a monarchy or whatever governmental structure you have, it's essentially them saying, by living here, I am forcing you to give me money because I said so. And then your options are no thank you, and then you get put into prison at gunpoint effectively, or you pay the taxes, even though you have no real choice what happens with your tax money. I do think, however, right. that one potential alternative um, in a not completely flipping to anarchy kind of kind of idea um, is if you had the option to like choose where your taxes went as far as whether it was uh, to you know improving healthcare or improving road conditions or whatever because there's a lot of people out there that are single policy like voters um, like one of the guys I work with he's so 
pro gun and cares so little about like anything else that all he cares about is all he cares about uh, is is which politician is going to lax up the gun laws the most. Right. And there's a, and there's like inherently wrong with that. I mean, some people just don't care. They're so apolitical that like only one thing they, they care about or they don't care about anything involving it at all. But I think if the tax system was revised to, to allow you to choose where you wanted your taxes to go, um, then inherently things that are dumb that we don't need won't receive the funding they need to survive. Um, and the things that the people actually want will be funded and able to continue. Not that I think that's the ultimate well, decision, yeah. but, but I do think that that is a step in a better direction. Maybe not the end goal, but it's well, better than well, what we have now for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, it wouldn't even be a tax because – Taxes are by definition. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, it's it's almost, it's like a wire. big GoFundMe project for the country. But but which is exactly which is exactly what I advocate for when I say when people always argue, well, without taxes, who's going to pay for this and pay for that? And it's very simple. If something has a demand, people will supply the capital for it. If there is a need for something, people will consensually spend yep. their money on it. We do this every single day of our own lives. We we buy food for ourselves. We buy luxury items we don't need, but we have a desire to have. And and the stupid argument is always the roads, yeah. right? If I live in a neighborhood, myself and 20 other people live in a neighborhood and we want that road to be better, we're going to do a GoFundMe and figure out how to build that road better and probably faster oh, than easy. any government. I mean, wh- whether it's has. like a, a company and, that's like that raises up to, to you know get paid to do it or whether it's you and your community getting together and getting some volunteers to do it. Regardless, like th- yeah. if the people want it to change – they will get it changed. But because we have this government overlord, we just – we as a society, not us obviously, but we as a society expect right. those things to be taken care of on their own, which we just which, go, oh, mm-hmm. we pay them taxes, so they should be doing everything. And instead of – Which goes exactly, back, yeah. Which goes back to what we said to people want to be babysat. People want to be governed, which I think that – the good news is our generation is kind of seeing through the bullshit. For sure. um, I, th- I think that the younger you are, the less you trust the government, just generally speaking. Um, and I think that this I, – I, I've said this consistently – is that 2020 is going to be a really interesting year for third party. Um, I went in thinking like, yeah, 5%, 10% maybe, uh, at, like optimistically. But the longer – the closer we get to the election – we're still, what, two or three – we're three months yeah. out now? Uh, say what? It's still a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Four. Four months, <laughs> yeah. Like almost five months out from the election. And every single every single week, more people are talking about LP and Joe Jorgensen. And every single week, people are talking about how much they hate Trump, how much they hate Biden, how much they really wish they could vote for somebody else. And there's like a legitimate, actual libertarian this time. Not to not to shit on Gary Johnson too much because I don't I don't hate the guy, but I just don't think that he was the quality candidate to really show stark contrast between the establishment versus. This female who's actually principled on the issues, but talking about them in a way that's digestible for the average person to understand, which is great because especially in 2020 has been it's been a very anti-government. Oh, for year, sure. Right. People between between the leftist establishment telling everyone how awful Trump is. Meanwhile, you also have, you know, the part of the left that has already realized how awful the government is under the Obama administration when he ran on being anti-war and actually wound up <laughs> killing more uh, Middle yeah. Eastern children than than uh dehydration it's such a it's such a fucking like paradox man it's just it's just so silly it is it really is and and so you see that right and then you see the people on the right who and there's a lot of them who are just like man i I don't like trump but it's like who else he's such he's such a like a, a powerful figure in 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 a way that like 
he always manages to stay relevant, whether it's through stupid tweets or like the media talking mm-hmm. about how he, he eats his steaks fucking well done with ketchup. Whatever it is, he's just he has this weird ability to just stay in everyone's mouths no matter what. Like he, both literally and figuratively. Well, he, yeah. Like it's just yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> he definitely knows how to uh, play. Exactly. And so because sure. of that, it's one of those things uh, that's like I, I, I literally not, and I don't get too into to politics that often. I'm more about the, like the philosophical idea of it rather than like individual elections and shit. But so like I, I couldn't even name another Republican candidate. I can't. I can't think of a well, single other. Well, one. there isn't right now. I mean, everyone that ran in 2016 theoretically could also run in 2024. Like you got. You got plenty of big names. I'm sure Mike Pence will run in the future. I'm sure that'll be great. Um, like, yeah, I'm sure guys like Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, maybe Rand Paul, um, who you know. Just, what what ki- whatever. What kills I, me though I, is that at this point, everyone has this mentality just because Trump is just on everyone's tongue. At this point, it's like people just think, okay, it's going to be Trump versus who, and then they look at the left and they immediately discount anyone who's not already a relatively big name. And so it's basically like, okay, well, there's no one else but Biden in most people's minds. Well, and I so, think that's, I think and so that's it's, it's just, it, I know I it's say. just, it's sleepy Joe versus fucking Trump. Like that's, it's what's going to happen. Now, Grant, I do think that like, as you were saying, this is a good year to, for the, it's a good year for people to, to want to look more into other things and other alternatives than sleepy Joe or Trump. I mean, neither of them are <laughs> particularly popular in like the common people's eyes. They more look at it as a, the lesser of two evils, just like last election. Mm-hmm. But what? Well, when it's yeah. just the lesser of two evils. Election after election after election after election. Inevitably, people are going to start thinking, "Do we really need to do this same fucking thing every four years? Like, is there not another option?" And so, even if it's as simple as yeah. just you know, just a dumb person just randomly googling shit, like they could. And, and as you were saying, like the libertarian movement is is gaining traction is bigger than really any other alternative. I mean. There's, it's not like there's a For fucking sure. communist party that's that's of any real worth at this point in the United States. Well, and that's that's exactly the interesting thing is that I f- just the the atmosphere around the liberty movement now is stronger than it's ever been. Almost as almost the last time that I think the liberty movement was this strong was when Ron Paul was running for president in 2012, uh, and he, or not 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2012. That was the year. And he was he was second place. Like he was he almost won Iowa, at which point, like, could have changed the entire dynamic of the race. But a whole bunch of shady shit naturally happens, like it always does with politics. But he recruited a lot of people into the liberty movement. He took a lot of Republicans who didn't didn't feel know, at home at in their point, own party. Exactly. And he made them realize, like, no, you know, he, he opened their eyes to there's other options out there. You're not really. The Republican Party isn't what it used to be. At one point, the Republican Party did believe in small government. They just don't. At this point, anymore. both both parties are and, authoritarian war hawks that just feed them into military industrial complex. Absolutely. Well, and I got to go back to what you said about the left and how, like, the leftists in 2016, it was nothing is more important than electing oh a woman. Oh my god! Yeah, and the it's only way, so stupid. And the only way this can get, <laughs> and the only way that it would be better is if she was. If she was black, transgender, Muslim, or some other type of form of oppressed minority, which don't get me wrong, like I, I think a minority should get representation, but there's nothing inherently valuable about that on its exactly. Own it, it, like it, the, 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 the way it should be looked is, at is it should just be a neat fact. It shouldn't be like something that that gives you bonus points in your chances of being elected. It's mm-hmm. just, it's silly to want to like put someone in power just because they're different than other people, like. 
because it, it's well, just yeah, exactly. it's just so silly. Like it, our, us having our yeah. first female president should be a natural thing of just a female candidate has gained enough traction with her ideas that people want to elect her. It, it shouldn't be a we need a woman in the, in the thing blah, 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 and just ignoring everyone else except the 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 leading woman in the polls and then just boosting her up just because it's oh, yeah. it's just silly it just doesn't make any sense well it's also very it's also very anti it really is it's it like is just, it's 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 almost yeah. like instead of giving giving women an equal playing field they want to boost them up to try to make up for the past it's almost like a weirder version of reparations it's just trying to do all this affirmative That's action it, yeah. nonsense. It's exactly it's action. just yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. know it, it's silly i have no issue with with anyone of any religion race whatever uh, gender, just fucking. I have no issue with any of that. If you if you want to run or whatever the case is, but I mean, it's exactly, your ideas that it. matter. Yeah, at the end of the day, and and you know, hashtag I'm with her, uh, JoJo2020. Everyone, go to JoJo2020.com. This is a. Uh, I'm gonna plug that as much as I can. I made a post the other day and a tweet, and I said, y'all just know my entire social media feed is going to be spamming Joe Jorgensen until everyone votes for it uh, in November. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, like, <laughs> so, because Tulsi doesn't really have a chance at winning the Democratic um, candidacy or whatever. Well, Biden huh? secured Biden secured it. He he. Got oh, the great, nice, on. even better. Like I said, I don't really keep up to today with all this too often, but but at this point, yeah. like. I'd rather vote for almost anybody than Sleepy Joe and Trump. And and honestly, like the the Liberty well, Party, like or the Libertarian like movement, I'm I agree with most of the same ideas. I think more of it is just a, a little bit different at the like the the end state and a little bit different on how you get there. So I would by far like follow a Libertarian candidate before I'd follow a Democrat or Republican candidate because people have this weird mentality of this yeah. whole silly two party system. Uh, they they think of it only as the left and the right, and the Democrats are the only left, and the Republicans are the only right. Whereas at the absolute bare minimum, it should be like a four way compass where you look at the left, the right, and then authoritarian mm-hmm. versus a more like laissez faire, decentralist kind of deal. Um, and I, I think that they're yeah, at the sure. absolute very minimum. There should be four parties: one representing authoritarian right, one representing authoritarian left, and then obviously decentralized left and right. At the very least, that should be it because it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think three parties works too. I, I disagree. Um, so I mean, unless, unless one is a, unless one well, is a pure well, centrist, here's then why. It, just, it doesn't represent Get, it. Well, no, 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 no. That's not true. Because he, hear this, right? Because myself and you can both agree with the. Here's here's what I say that three works, because with the liberty movement, there's nothing inherently. Like nothing that I believe – the only thing that requires you to be a libertarian is the belief in the non-aggression principle. Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Like that's it. Everything else is essentially up for debate. Now, yes, the liberty movement in the libertarian party is predominantly like right-leaning libertarian like when it comes to um, ideas of like economic policy and and, and decentralizing things or at least what right used to mean, Um, right? So that's – there's that, but – Here's the here's the issue if we tried to make four parties. Four parties sounds great on paper, but right now, the biggest reason why the Democrats and Republicans have this forced duopoly on the entire system is because they both have corporate partners that they offer yep. backdoor deals to, right? They both have levels of corruption that like the, the third parties and like the libertarian party, they're not offering any policies that benefit these big corporations over anybody else. They're offering policies that would genuinely make us a freer and more prosperous society. But because some rich asshole doesn't, you know, have a leg up to vote for that person, he's not going to fund that sort of thing. Uh, he's going to vote for the guy that's promising him personal advantage, which is a, which is a, 
it's a natural thing to look out for yourself. But when you're talking about it on the grand scale, if we tried to say like right now, like I would, I would argue that the most anti-authoritarian left party that has a big presence is probably like the Green Party in the United States. Um, and they, you know, they get a few votes here and there every every so election, whether it be like Jill Stein or whoever else they nominate. But if every American and not to be exaggerated, you know, because it's not literally every, but if all the Americans that didn't vote that were eligible to vote, which was I want to say twenty five percent of the elig- voting eligible population in twenty sixteen. If they voted for a single third party, one of them, that's an actual legitimate yeah, sure. chance at winning. Now, and that's that's just the climate right now. Now, I mean, I could see eventually, right, if we got to a point where, um, you know, fe- federal government just didn't have the power in its hands and weeds and the things that they have, then, yeah, I could see us having four or six or however many parties that represent all these other little ideo- uh, ideological uh, facets. But to take down this duopoly machine, it's got to be. Everyone oh no! I, no, I agree. I'm not. I'm not saying I think <laughs> that like for the the 2020 election, we should just snap our fucking fingers and add two parties. I do think it, it it's mm-hmm. it like you said, it's one of those things that that a huge amount of people need to really push for the one thing. But like my my point with the whole four party thing was inevitably like say the libertarian movement do, does become um you know the third party. Well, if a libertarian candidate gets you know nominated or whatever, they become the president, then there's going to be schisms inherently based on economic policy because every single person in the libertarian <laughs> party, I imagine doesn't all agree exactly on economics. And so at some point there's going to be like multiple no. schisms and different like subgroups in there with whether or not they stay in the party or they break off and make their own party. So I think maybe like adding like the libertarian yeah, sure. party or whatever at this upcoming election will be great. And then, you know, it'll take down the duopoly and all that nonsense. And then, uh, eventually, you add another one representing like decentralized left. I think is the inevitable follow up to that, but but one at a time for sure. Because it's like we were saying earlier, yeah. you can't just snap your fingers and make massive change. It just doesn't work. Because when you do that, you get things like the French Revolution, where they're so anti this, they go as unbelievably mm-hmm. far in the opposite direction as you can, and, and it to, to to way yeah. too much extent, and then it always collapses in on itself. It has to be a slower progression. Right. Otherwise, there's just no stability and it will never work. It just creates power vacuums. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's I always say anacro tyranny is just as bad as, you know, official tyranny yeah. or government tyranny. Like when, you know, mobs are running around, breaking into people's houses, stealing their things, murdering people, raping people like that's the exact same violence that we're opposed to the government doing in a sanctioned manner. So. You know, it's not like just you got to think and, and I understand like the the desire, right? Like there's there's a whole <laughs> Boogaloo movement and there's the whole like we got to take it down. We got to have another revolution. We got to we got to stay strapped. Don't get me wrong. Stay strapped. Absolutely. Have 100%. guns, protect your property. Totally believe in that. Um, but like like we've already said, like it, it has to be something that grows organically and naturally and is, is exactly. molded into society if we. It, uh, if we tried to end it tomorrow, it'd oh, be absolutely. complete chaos. So many, so many innocent people would get hurt, and we're seeing that right now. We're literally seeing it before our eyes. With, I mean, the riots have kind of died down, but all the riots in the response to George Floyd's death, hundreds of innocent people on every side got hurt. Innocent, pro- innocent, innocent protesters that were peaceful, people that weren't even part of the protest that were passing through, cops that were just standing around, not you know being involved with anything, just kind of trying to quote do their job, right? Like and I would argue at that point, even though this is going to be an oxymoron, peaceful <laughs> cops uh, got yeah. hurt. And some of them got killed. 
but like seriously, on an oh, individual level, no, there's you're, good you're cops. Definitely. There's good people, and yeah, but like innocent people got hurt on every side, and that's not even talking about the business owners whose stores got broken into, looted, burned down, and, and you know. All these people that had nothing to do with what's wrong with the system, and that's the worst part, is there was no, no organization and no like central message to push all this anger and hatred at the one group that it should be, which is the government. It all comes back to the government. Every single, every single failed policy usually comes from the federal or state government that's, that tried to do something either from a place of good intentions or they just straight up did something corrupted and fucked up to help out their buddies, and we are now suffering the consequences of it. The drug war, the war on poverty, has caused more poverty and put more people in cages than you know before we even talked. Can't about declare it. war on a fucking concept and, and or philosophy. It's the dumbest exactly. shit I've ever heard in my life. It's I'm gonna declare yeah, I'm gonna declare war on dark. Like, what are your objectives? I'm just gonna light up the whole universe. I'd watch me do it. Let's put some funding to lighting up the whole universe one dark room at a time. It's the dumbest. <laughs> as soon as the light goes out, the darkness comes back. You can't you you can't declare war on an idea. It just it does that just just fans the flame and fucking brings fire to it. It's just stupid. Uh you're you're absolutely correct. Anytime you try to oppose something, you're gonna create opposition. That's why you have to be peaceful, you have to be moral. And that's the worst thing, is like it, it's great. It's not great, but it's there's a silver lining that it, that it's good that people are upset with the status quo. But now people need to understand why we are where we are, and it's not just because of racism. In fact, I'd argue that it's a very, a very small portion Agreed. of it has to do with racism. I would argue that mm, I don't know if I would say it's small. It's not small, but it's not, but it's really not the main thing. Any racism? Yes. the The problem is there's an inherent flaw in the system when you have that much centralized power. People are going to look after themselves. You're going to create a class of people that is going to oppress people, and it's just going to happen continuously. That's why we see we see this expansion and the militarization of the police that are targeting people for nonviolent crimes, and it's just this whole fucked up system just keeps feeding into itself. And people have to realize that, like, they're like we have to in 2020, like realize that. Because this group exists and the government exists as the nature of it is with no real recourse, we cannot fucking we, – we can't vote them out because if we do, they're just going to put in somebody else that's going to do the exact yep. same thing, right? We can't, we can't really vote to make change drastically, at least with a two-party system. So there goes that. You know, If I don't like the way they're spending my money, I don't get a fucking say in that. So what are you going to do? Gonna not pay me, taxes? Me or throw me <laughs> in prison. Look, that's what I'm saying. They're like, you know how they did Blackout Tuesday? Like, Black Lives Matter tried to uh, try to do this whole thing where we're like, we're not going to spend any money on Tuesday, which I don't think got a lot of traction. Some people did, some people didn't. What if we all just fucking stopped paying taxes all at once? Just hey, guys, we're no longer funding this fucking war machine. Let's just all get together and say, hey, we're not doing it. I don't know that. Like, I, I see. Yeah, I, 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 I see I what you mean. Work. My, my biggest, work, my biggest uh, <laughs> problem with that whole idea is like once you get to like a certain amount of money that is not backed by anything except the government, the numbers are made up at this point. Like we owe how much money to China? Is China going to collect on that money? How much is us being in debt actually affect Whatever, like one third of the, yeah. our day to day lives? Like, is there any country in the world that's not in debt to another country? Like, it, it's just, it's one of those things. It's just, well, exactly. It's just, it's just the way economy. our entire society, like from the ground up is built. It's like money. They're just numbers that don't matter. Like, like a bank can accidentally deposit 20 well, grand I, in what, your account. It, like what happens if they don't take it back? 
you just have these extra numbers right. in your account right. that you can just exchange for goods. Right. Well, and, and what I'm not I'm not necessarily saying to like. <clears throat> Obviously, if we stopped paying taxes and the government wanted exactly. money, they could print unlimited money. It, the the purpose that I'm getting at is let's hold yeah, no, accountable, accountable, right? And like with, with the, the concept like Blackout Tuesday, where you want to you know let the economy and let the general people know, the people know, right? The economy knows. Like ninety percent of people like kind of understand at least to a degree, even if they haven't fully realized it, that this is the fault of our political leaders and the system that we live under, right? It is not the fault of, you know, fucking Joe's Italian joint on the, sh on the corner or, or even these, these shitty corporations, although maybe to a degree. Um, but like at the end of the day, the fault is who we have our rulers, right? And like, it, it is the rulers who we have over us. And, um, you know, last episode we talked about, we talked about anarchy and like what it actually means and how it's it's not the absence of rule it's the absence of rulers and a lot of people just don't get that that distinction they think it's fucking yeah it's so different from total what we chaos have, and everything else from but, what we've had for so long that it's it's a foreign concept it's something that people just can't comprehend or understand because you don't have a good like right. oh it looks like that you have to try to describe this ab it's like trying to describe well, like the fifth dimension uh, to somebody it's like an it's essentially like an abstract idea kinda, that yeah. no one has really ever seen before and no one can really like put a picture mm -hmm. in their minds so they go uh too hard too much brain power yeah. and they just disregard it and just accept what we have well well, the worst concept too, like the worst argument against anarchy, is always like, "Oh, you want to live in anarchy? No. Yeah, dude, live it's, in Somalia. it's so fucking. It's like, all right, it's a stupid ass way well, to think of things, man. <laughs> well, here's why. Here's why it's dumb, right? Because one, ask anyone who's like a legitimate anarchist who's actually thought through their philosophy, and they'll tell you the obvious reasons why that's that's not a positive example in an acro state. And an acro state requires a civilized and organized moral people getting together and doing things in a consensual way. And and in Somalia, one, there's no economic capital in Somalia. They don't really have a lot of natural resources, and they've been war-torn for the past 100 to 200 years based on West uh, European and now, I guess, Chinese. Imperialism. That's uh, the word I'm looking for. Imperialism. Thank you. So, like, there's a lot of reasons why that's not a good example. Because it's yeah, because it's not like it's in this work. vacuum. You don't just of they came to this conclusion on their own, and yes. now it's like this. It, it's like that's one of the things that like people don't really consider when they look at like any of the the third or second world countries. Like some of them are are as a result of like crazy natural disasters that just trash the entire country. But most of the time, it has to do with lasting effects from the colonial and imperialist age. And then, like the the some foreign power coming in and exploiting them and enslaving them for their resources, and then all of a sudden everyone just went imperialism mm -hmm. is bad, so do it more secretly. And then everyone like pseudo pulled out <laughs> or fully pulled out, and now they just they they were just essentially enslaved and stripped of their resources for so long, and all of a sudden they're just dropped out in the cold on their own. They're like figure it out, and then it's only been like a few decades or yeah. like not even a century or whatever, and and, and people are like, oh well. Clearly, uh, they're bad because they're not America, and it's literally like partially America's fault, and like yeah. Great Britain and France and all. Of it. It's it's our fault. It's the Western world's fault. Why the rest of the world is shit because we exploited and took all the resources. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's oh yeah, it's the Western yeah, world's yeah. government, not, not not the common I'll, person themselves. I'll, 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 yeah, and I really I think it's important to make not not yeah, necessarily people people you, will misunderstand make that no, distinction sure, because right. like. Because well, it's a big thing. Like, 
people, everyone's blaming China, China this, China that, China for the virus. The Chinese government is not a representation of the Chinese people at all. They've literally murdered their own people for dissenting against them on consistent basis. Like, so it's like, it's important that as, in my opinion, as anarchists, that we make sure to to show that distinction and not buy into the whole like nationalism thing. Because we are not our governments, no matter how much we vote for them. No, like they are as much as it's intended to be a representative government, they're not us and they, they won't be. They never can be until you're at a point where it's a decentralized level and it's exactly. literally your next door neighbor or a guy that lives with When you have these career politicians and these like political dynasties that like have never worked like an honest day's work in their life and they've only ever been in politics and have always been in like the upper echelon of the oh, economic just, yeah. classes and such, like they, they can never make a good decision. For the majority because they've never lived as or don't know anybody or don't understand the way the majority of people live and what people actually need. Right. Especially considering how, how diverse yeah, it exactly. is across like no. various states and rural communities and metropolitan areas and shit like that. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. It's like Washington, D.C., the way it was intended, it was never intended for Congress to make decisions governing everyday life for people. Like this whole concept of like everything that the government does that is not specifically defined in the Constitution, which the Constitution doesn't say what the government can yeah. do. It says what they cannot do. Do not touch these things. And people don't understand. They, they think some people that they'll be like, yeah, the Constitution gives us our rights. No, 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 no. Your rights are inherent. They don't John Locke. people like I don't know, like where civics. What's Yeah, well, John Locke is a great example of a Western philosopher that is a modern uh, – it was a big influence into an acro-capitalist theory. He's a huge um, influence to a lot of the founding fathers. Yep. You know, uh, He's part of that generation. Uh, and the second treatise of government, like there are rights that are just human rights. Like it's not – this isn't like, hey, we're a government. We're in charge. We decided that this – you should have this. You know what? Here you go. Kudos to you. To be a moral and a functioning society, people have to have these rights. And the most basic of those is obviously ownership of thyself. Having the right to personal property being you, you are your own property. Nobody owns you. You are not a subject of the crown. You are not and you are not property of US government, much like you're in the military or something. You are fucking you are you and you own you at a minimum. And then if you acquire other things through just means, right, through consensual exchange or inheritance or whatever else, then you own those things as well. And just as much as you own yourself and that should be respected, your own property ought to be respected in the same sense. Um, so, yeah, no, like it's just the system, as much as I love the founding fathers for a lot of things, that's they didn't have the foresight to realize that the people running our country would be absolutely fucking yeah, I mean, but Julius Caesar or Octavian, <laughs> they never expected fucking people like Nero or Caligula to be in charge either. Like, yeah, it's yeah, I, I, yeah, no. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just making a joke. But, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's just tough. You know, let me ask you about this. Actually, so shift gears a little bit. So lately, on the whole racism thing, people have been saying. Uh, America's been racist since oh, our founding. I mean, Thomas Jefferson bought and sold slaves and how he fucking kept his wealth up. But, you know, beside the point. But, but well, at the same time, well, that was an integral part of society so, back then. It, it, was, it was the norm. So, like, it's one of those things that's like, what's yeah, wrong? Yes, we see that now and we have for a while. But at the time, that's just that's just the – everyone was, in, was either like they, – they were either imperialists or they were the people getting exploited and enslaved. It was one or the other. Like, it, it – Yeah. Well, it, it's tough for one thing. It's tough to hold 
people exactly, in the past exactly. the same standards of today. And and then that's one issue of it. And we it's very easy us to point to and say slavery is bad. Slavery is wrong today. It's also very easy us easy for us to look at people not even 10 years ago. Well, yeah, yeah, not even over 10 years ago and say, hey, who cares if gays got married? Now, obviously, man, back then, I, I'd imagine you didn't care. I mean, I fucking was in the boat of saying, how is that an issue? Why why is that a problem? But like when you when you take that back 30 years ago, it's just not the same. And you take the same thing with like interracial marriages uh, until like 1970, 19, late 60 something. That was illegal in a lot of the places in the country. And it's like it, yeah, it's easy course. for us to say, how dare you? Right. You you're an idiot. Like like. But it's also tough at the same time because it's like, yeah, it's like you just was not the like same. you were saying earlier. It's and all about like the natural that, progression of society. Right. Things were like that because that's what the majority believed, at least to an extent before it got changed. Right. Like Exactly. It's, it's, it's one of those things really that it's not it. like slavery is obviously wrong. But like back at the time, people literally thought that the people of other color were subhuman. And so for them, like it was almost like you look at like a, how a dog is a pet. A dog's your pet. You love the dog, whatever. But like at the end of the day, a dog is not the same level of human. Like that's Property, that's yeah. just the mentality they had. It's obviously wrong, and we know that now. But at the time, that's just that that was what was common knowledge to everyone. That's what people believed at the time. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing too that I always like to point out is people always say if the founding fathers were so great, um, some of them, why didn't they free their slaves? Well, they did, um, but. Well, at, at, at a minimum, um, I can speak to George Washington and what Thomas Jefferson did. Now, I did a little research on it. And I want to do more. Uh, in the case of Jefferson, he's a bit of an interesting case study because he wound up having children with one of his slaves, like six kids, and had him with, with the first one with her when she was pretty young. Like, I want to say 14. Of course. Uh, at the, at the time, it wasn't quite as – but, but I mean, even still – there, well, there, well, yeah. Well, at the time, true. too, people died a lot younger. So having, ki- having yeah, kids, having yeah. I mean, if, if your life expectancy really is like forty-five, then um, I mean, who's to say you can't have kids at like fourteen? Yeah. At the, well, exactly, and that's the same thing. I always at the case I make with voting. They always say like eighteen should be the voting age, and I'm like, I don't know about that because eighteen when in seventeen seventy-six or seventeen eighty-seven was you had been out of your post whatever. Yeah, form of you were like a middle-aged you had, you had been person, for like five point, years. Like, uh, yeah, eighteen then was, it was yeah, basically exactly. like twenty five to twenty eight now. Um, but the, the side 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 note on that. But so so when with Thomas Jefferson, it's interesting because yes, he owned slaves. He had kids with one of them, and he he owned them and all right. But he also spoke about how much he detested slavery in multiple documented historical things. He said like this is a horrible system. It's 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 evil. It breeds discontent. He he blamed Britain for bringing slaves to uh, the colonies yeah. and making their economy dependent upon them. Like he he wasn't a fan of it, which is interesting, right? So then you beg the question, ask yourself, okay, like let's talk about a guy like George Washington who is like in everything he's ever written is like the most pro-American pro-freedom guy that you can talk about. Also not a fan of slavery says it's not good. Right. And so it's like, okay, so why didn't they do something about it? Well, the laws of the land at the time, had they freed their slaves, they wouldn't be free people. There wasn't citizenship at the time. It wasn't like you became a documented person until, uh, the three fifths compromise, which was way, way, way later. Um, had they freed their slaves at any point pre-revolutionary war or even after, 
they're not at that point people. Yeah, they're just free property up. up for grabs in the eyes of that civilization. It, it's the it, in the essence, and I hate this is a horrible thing to say, but it's the same as when you're done with your fucking couch and you leave it out. Yeah, it's really fucked up that that's just, just the way it was back it. then. But yeah, no, like, I I see what you mean because like even if like they were against slavery yeah. at the time based on the laws, the best thing they could have done was just keep the slaves and treat them the best that they could, rather than just leaving them out for someone else to mistreat which, them. But even which, yes. Which in, which is in fact what they did, and on upon their death, I I'm not positive on Jefferson. I would imagine yes, but I did, I don't know this for sure. On Jefferson the, did not. Washington's I death. actually just looked into it not what, that long ago. Uh, I was looking okay. at like all the founding fathers and, and all that, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, Jefferson actually did not do it. Uh, Washington did though, which is one of the reasons why like That's I look at Jefferson and I'm like yes. Sure, you said these things and you documented these things, but you didn't like put it all into practice. So yeah, even that's why even I though said, he had a, had good ideas, he, he was a yeah. hypocrite to an extent. But I mean, most people most people are in he, some regard. Well, for sure. But, well, also, no, of course not. I don't not look at Jefferson as like the greatest ever either, just because he wanted he wanted which like, is a, America it's to a, be a silly. agrarian republic. On paper, it's great, but like, what, what is everyone's going to go yeah, fucking sure. like pinto beans? Like, what the fuck, dude? <clears throat> well, uh, well, let's let's imagine, like, just for hypothetical, that everyone was just an agrarian and like they grew their own food, and that was just how it worked for a while. And then, like, Britain and everybody else in the world is going through industrial revolution. It's going to show up like, like Gatling guns that, and ironclads, and we're just and they're like, like I want to get you with my pitchfork and my musket. Yeah, we're going like, to be like, well, it's just fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not nah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, and plus, plus, just a lot of thing there is like that people disregard the economic benefits of having industry. Like, yes, there is a side effect of the things we have to deal with, like pollution and uh, exploitation, right? Those are things we have to deal with. But you're also real. You're not like looking at your. If you focus on the negative, you fail to see that things are cheaper. We're yep. getting more resources to people than we ever have, and the quality of life overall is improving. So let's keep working it and get rid of the bad while we keep the benefits of good, which is why I absolutely do not understand oh, yeah, the macro primitivism and people that think – I'm sitting uh, around butt naked with I a just, sharpened I can't, stick. I'm like, no, like, the industrial like, – What the fuck? Fuck Feel no! Feel free to do that. You, you can live in, yeah, you can live in your own little. You live in your own little goofy society games. in the mountains, dude. That that's on you. I don't. You want to fucking. Uh, just, I I fucking I fucking no, love Chick Fil A, and I'm not it's ready not, to give it up, man. No, and for I, sure. That, that's that's <laughs> it's such a weird notion, like. And Is it people don't like fucking at me, but you're welcome to come on. This I don't show. know. I, I completely agree that people often like discount what indu- like the pros of industrialization. Because I mean, even though it's a messy area of history, all things when they first happen are messy. Yeah, all of them are. Like they it's just it's inherent with like big yeah, exactly. change. And so yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. Like if you had like an agrarian like society mm-hmm. like that, who makes the farming equipment? Is everyone just going to use like sticks with sharpened rocks as hoes? Yeah. Like. Someone's gonna want to make better farming equipment because who the fuck wants yeah. to swing a stick around on your like forty feet by forty feet of fucking land and just well, sit yeah, there and yeah. watch your like forty-seven pinto beans grow? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck wants to devote their entire lives to that? And that's only, ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> well, and not, yeah, of course, and not only that, like, like, like I said, cost gets better and quality just gets better because technology makes things better. And then the the other thing there too is is like. Um, fuck, I forgot where I was going with this. But back to what I was saying earlier, just to finish um, the the Washington point. Yeah, he did free his slaves upon the, his death, which 
the last will and testament of the first president oh, yeah. of the United I mean, States is a yeah. very legally binding document that everyone's going to respect. And so that's why, like, I, I won't go to war or defend anything Jefferson did because, like, like we said, he's kind of he's kind of a weird mixed bag. Exactly. Like, he said a lot of good things, but he didn't really act upon them. So, but but when it comes to why I will fucking like I will fight to the to the end of my my days that he did hate slavery. He wanted to end, but there wasn't a lot he could do about it. And yeah, so I, I just tend to to like Washington um, more than the average. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think because I you were say I've something? been doing a lot more research into like various philosophers and uh, politicians and such of like the ye olden days. Um, and I was looking into a lot of the different founding fathers, and like I agree with a lot of them up to a certain point. But then it takes like a hard like 180 where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not. Um, uh, like like the whole thing with like Jefferson, like, like uh, the whole, oh, yeah, okay, so he's pro like decentralization and this and that. And he wants to do that. But then he used like the government to like double the size of America with like the Louisiana Purchase, which is the most like not decentralized thing he could have done. The whole uh, I'm anti-slavery and all men are equal, but I'm not going to free my slaves and I'm still going to buy and sell them and blah, blah, blah. Like the, the, that, all, the, all that kind of stuff. And, and even it's the same thing with a lot of like English philosophers and such. Like True. I was for a while, I was somewhat pro like Thomas Hobbes because uh, one of like his big like thesis statements is that inherently by living in a society or a government, you have to give up a certain level of freedoms. It's just, it's, it's an inescapable fact. But then his ultimate conclusion is that even though government is inherently bad, uh, it's, it's not as bad as humans left to their own natural devices. And I completely fucking disagree. Um, so like, there's a lot of like English philosophers and, and like founding fathers that like, I agree with like 40% and the rest I'm like, uh, maybe not. Whereas like, I've been looking a lot more into like a lot of the more unheard of like Greek philosophers. And I'm really finding a lot more like thought processes that I'm actually like vibing with relatively well. Mm -hmm. that's interesting have you ever heard of uh fuck i'm gonna forget his name is lysander um fuck I'll, I'll i'm gonna look it up while while we're talking but there was this there was this uh new this philosopher that was new to me hmm. um who's an american philosopher too like mid 1800s yeah. who was an anarchist right before it was cool um and he coined the term volunteerism i think uh, it was like Lysander something. Let me, I'm googling it right now. Huh. Lysander, Lysander Spooner. Um, I've uh, I've been reading some of his stuff lately, and it's uh, it's pretty interesting. He sounds um, like the ANCAP version of uh, Kropotkin, out, honestly. Uh, Kropotkin was born in like the 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 early like yeah, the mid so, 1800s, and he was like pro volunteer. He basically one of the one of the big yeah. things that he talks about in his book is that volunteerism is something that everyone is like, oh yeah, that's that would be amazing, that's great. But like volunteerism is, is inherently just true communism where the community gets together to volunteer to help each other and to do mm. things that need to be done well okay so let's 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 see if maybe we can differentiate there where that the disconnect is so for me volunteerism is fine but it, that's the point is you can't force somebody to do it and i guess is there ever a point in your philosophy where the you only situation where i think anyone should be forced to do, to do anything is if someone is just not committing crimes because I mean in an anarchist society there's not really any laws. It's more of like social agreements and, and mutual understandings. Um, but like yeah, yeah. But I mean like less. Well, that's you all. Know, governments yeah, pointing but... guns at your head to make you do it. Um, but it's one of those. Yeah, basically. But like if some it's dude is like walking around property, breaking into people's houses, in stealing sense, yeah. shit, and mugging people, 
then this dude needs to be like kicked the fuck out of society because like fuck that guy. That that's really the only time I think anyone should right, ever be right. forced so, to do something. Because if a community okay. as a whole, like if you're like, hey guys, we should get together to fix the roads because our roads suck. If no one wants to do it, then clearly the community doesn't care about fixing the roads or they're just not that bad. So inherently a community is going to want to do what benefits them the most and what they actually care about. If one community cares more about growing fucking pinto beans and another community cares more about, uh, you know, fixing their roads then the community that cares about fixing the roads should fix their roads and the pinto bean farmer should farm pinto beans, like do what your community wants. And inherently in an end or society, like people flock to ideas they agree with and they get together and they volunteer and they help each other to get it done. Interesting. I guess at this point, the biggest difference, the only difference I'm finding on our, our philosophies to this point is that um, it's kind of just the lens at which you look at society because both, both of our things can kind of coexist. Right. And then you're looking at more of people are, are free to come together and I'm guess I'm more people are free to be left alone and make their own choices. But both can, like I said, both can exist at the same time. Like I, I shouldn't, if I want to not associate with people uh, or, or go and be a part of a community, if I just want to fucking have my own land, my family. Oh yeah. You, you do the same off, thing. Like in, I see Comset society. That. You're just um, not going to receive, you're just not likely to receive the help that, that you would otherwise. Well, of course, well, you definitely don't. Obviously, but if you're, you're self sufficient, you just want to grow pinto beans in, in the mountains. Which there are. Then you're like, there's not no one that's going to be like, no, you need to yeah. live down the street from me because we're a community. If you want to live in the mountains, go live in the fucking mountains. But you're not going to get any of the benefits of the society. So is there? The, yeah. And now, if you come down with a bunch of pinto beans and you go, hey, you want some pinto beans? I got these. I have excess. Right, yeah. Could I, by chance, have a pair of shoes because my boots are getting worn out? Interesting. Then sure, you know, whatever. But like, and that's almost, yeah, that's, that's almost like the, an and uh, cap Plus idea, trade, yeah. right? But like inherently it's, I think, I, I, I agree. I think both of our, our ideas of the ideal society are essentially the same. But once again, it's more of like the philosophical like view of it, not even necessarily interpretation, but the view of it, like where we see the benefits and like the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Um, because like it, it inherently like a community or a group of people working yeah. towards a common goal is always going to be more successful than one dude trying to do it. Well, almost always. Obviously, people are fucking idiots, but. Well, exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's exactly my point is that that's fine. And I agree completely that when when people come together and they do things as a, so to speak, collective. They are going to obviously that's, – that's how society grows and is successful. That's how buildings gets made. That's how roads are built. That's how ideas are formed by people having conversations, not – you know, society doesn't get anywhere by somebody just yeah. sitting by himself and not doing anything, right? Um, so I see the benefits of that. I guess I guess I just were – for me, it's like I see nothing as more valuable to a functioning society than respecting every individual's rights at the lowest level, which is an individual – Right. You are autonomous as an individual and you have the right to do whatever you want to do so long as what your freedoms and what you're doing doesn't violate another individual's life, liberty or property. And so, yeah, like I said, it's hard finding at this point. It just kind of seems semantics, uh, the differences in our in our real philosophy, because like we both agree that the use of force shouldn't be used against somebody unless it is 
you know, obviously a punishment for a crime. Like if you if you killed somebody, maybe it, it's you should be sure. killed back. Like if that's what the society determines, if you can be convicted or like you steal someone's property and you consistently do it. You paid your fines, but you keep stealing. All right, we're going to fucking kick you out. Right. Um, but outside of that, like, I mean, it's, it's having a hard time finding true differences uh maybe which is a good thing you know maybe there's maybe there's a uh that's that's a maybe that's all positive um well yeah man so we we've been talking for over an hour um and i would just like to open the floor to you to see if there's any questions you have for me anything social media otherwise you want to plug or anything you just want to say is like a Uh, i mean i don't really have much to say i mean other than i i've been thinking about in the the near future uh, actually writing a book and self-publishing on Amazon because you can do that now. It's just as easy. It's like using Anchor for a podcast. You just kind of write a book and go publish, yes. and then you get like – I think you like 60% of like the profit or whatever, which is mm-hmm. great compared to a lot of other shit. Um, and you don't, have to go th- you don't have to go through any like vetting process of – you know, oh, yeah. you hear the story like J.K. Rowling going to like 800 different publishers and no one wanted to publish Harry Potter or whatever. Amazon, you can you – can, this is actually a thing. You just write Bigfoot erotica and make a bunch of money from it. And there's a lady who writes Bigfoot erotica and does it. So anyone can get anything published. Um, well, but, but would you look <laughs> yeah. at that, Anne Prims, another benefit yeah. of technology that um, your stupid philosophy But yeah, allow. so I mean, I, I plan on kind of writing a book and my, my whole idea behind it is kind of take – because really any philosophy that you can really imagine um, like from history, most of it – is right in some ways and wrong in other ways. Um, and, and looking into all of like the old Greek philosophers or Chinese philosophers or whatever, like it, it's a lot of work and a lot of people either don't want to do it or can't really understand like the old literature or whatever. So I kind of want to take like bits and pieces of different things and kind of try to take these mentalities and such and, and try to formulate a reason to help explain why everything seems like it sucks and not necessarily how to fix it but how to cope with it and how to move forward. Uh, but we'll see. Hmm? Are you going to, are you, are you writing? <laughs> no, macro cap, no I mean, macro I think Kropotkin's got that nailed down pretty pat. Maybe not uh, in name, but uh, effectively, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'd, I'd love to come on the show again. Interesting point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it'd be, so it's good to, I always like, I have all these introductory episodes with different guests and, depending on who's available. I, I want to build like a big network of people. So, you know, I can, the, the intention of the show is not, sp- it's, it's, it doesn't have my name on it because it's not yeah. supposed to just be my show, even though I'm the one kind of spearheading it. I want it to be a, a broad representation of people in our generation that have different views on the topics. And, you know, I want to get people on here that may not directly agree with me, um, you know, get into some debates, find some differences and just discuss ideas. So I'd absolutely have you back on anytime, man. And, um, yeah, I think this has been great. This is, I think, actually, this is technically my longest episode, not by much, but still counts for something. So, um, look forward to having you again soon. And uh, thank you for all our listeners. Uh, and I guess we'll see you.